Kabbalah and the Psychology of the Soul, taught by Rabbi Ben-Zion Krasniansky. The Baal Shem Tov would send his students to learn profound lessons in serving Hashem from the simplest Jew. And this was a revolutionary. This was never unprecedented. Up until that time, there was a clear hierarchy. There were the great Jews and the mystics and the scholars, and then there were the simple people. The simple people knew their place. And the Baal Shem Tov tore down all those barriers. And the Baal Shem Tov loved the simple Jews. And at his meal, there was one meal, he would invite the whole community to join him. He sat the simple Jews next to him, he sheared from his cup of wine, and the students, who were all the greatest geniuses of Eastern Europe, each in his own right was great, were very bothered and troubled by it. This was revolutionary to them. They never saw anything like it. It was unprecedented. It never happened before in Jewish history. There has to be an hierarchy. Everyone has to know their place. What kind of nonsense showing respect to simple Jews? They have to know their place. You have to respect greatness, scholarship, brilliance. The Jew spends 20 hours a day learning. And, and the last meal, the Shemta would have only with his students. Only with his students. And the Shemta was in a great mood at Shabbos. And the students were thinking to themselves, this is wonderful, this is beautiful. We're here with the Shemta. What a, what a What a holy experience. But what happens at night with all the simple people, it just ruins the whole thing. Why does the Baal Shem to spend so much time with the simple Jews? Why does he show them so much, pay, pay so much attention to them? And the Baal Shem to felt their thoughts and suddenly his face turned very serious. And he says, he said that the burning bush that Moshe saw bush that's never consumed. He says that refers to the simple Jew. The simple faith, the pure faith that a Jew has. The infinite faith that we have, it's that burning bush that's never consumed, it's never satisfied. And the Baal told the students to hold, hold each other's shoulders, you know, to hold hands, put their hands over the person sitting next to them. They sang a few songs, and the Baal told them to close their eyes. And the Baal put his hands on his two students sitting next to him, so they were all in a circle. And suddenly, they had a vision. They all had a vision. They heard the Jews, the simple Jews, who were not allowed in. They were not privileged. They were not allowed in to the third meal, which is only the Baal and his own students. It was saying till him. They sat in a shul, and they said till him. And it was saying till him so sweetly and so heartfelt. And this simple was saying, Oh, Tatis sweet father in heaven. And he said, you know, he said a few verses until them. And this one says, Oh, Tatataira, precious father. And your heart could melt from such tilt. It was so pure, so innocent. And the students of the Balshemt, who were the greatest rabbis, mystics, and scholars of Eastern Europe, said they were crying. Even on Yom Kippur, they didn't do such trivial like they did at that moment. It says, Halavai, we can serve Hashem with such sincerity and such purity like these simple Jews serve So heartful, so whole, wholehearted. And the Magid, Rabbi Dov Ber, the Magid of Mizrich, later related to the Alter Rebbe, the author of the Tanya, he says, I was soaking through and through. <laughs> like I went to the mikvah. I was, 
he says, I never, such shuv I never had in my life. And then the Vashamta took his hands off and he spoke about the, the, the greatness of a simple yid. And he says, here we are barely called truth. We're all liars. Our whole being is a lie. Our whole, we live in the world of lies, material world. And yet we were able to sense and be moved and inspired by the wholesomeness and the wholeheartedness and the sincerity and the purity of these simple Jews relating to Hashem and connecting with Hashem and having a relationship with Hashem. Can you imagine Hashem Himself, who's Emes Lamitai, who's the truth of truth? Imagine how Hashem is totally moved and inspired by these simple yid. So the respect they have to have for the simple yid. And later on, the Dov Bear told the Alter Rebbe he was very troubled. How did he doubt his own teacher, his own master and teacher, the Baal Shem? That he thought, he thought negative of the Baal Shem, that why is he why is he paying so much attention to these simple Jews? It's not, not right. And he, he didn't understand, he didn't appreciate it. But he felt bad that he, he had these thoughts about his own teacher and master. He should have accepted it. And it bothered him for a very long time. It says, until one night, his soul went up to heaven. When he went to sleep, his soul went up to heaven. And he entered into the, into the chamber, the heavenly chamber, where Moshe, teaches Torah to those souls who were never born, to those souls who died very young. So Moshe is teaching them Torah. teaching them Chumash. And we came to the section that Sarah left. When Avram, the Malach, the angel, delivered the message from Hashem, promising you're going to have a baby boy, she laughed. How is it possible? I'm so old. I'm I'm 89, I'll be 90. And um, I said, how is it possible? Avram, Avram also laughed, a different type of laughter, but how is it possible? So he, Moshe Rabbeinu explained to them what Rashi said. So after all the explanations, he said, how is it possible? See, so the Moshe said, with all, after all the explanations, the simple meaning remains a simple meaning. He laughed. How is it possible such a holy tzaddik like Avram and Sarah should laugh? But the answer is, because even a tzaddik, since you're a soul and a body, your body is flesh and blood, is materialistic. So because of the body, it's possible that you should laugh. And they laugh. So the Magid understood this was an answer to him. He should realize that Yes, you laughed in your hearts. You doubted the Baal Shem You couldn't understand this whole approach of loving the simple Jew and, and elevating the simple Jew and even sending his students to learn things in the simple Jew and elevating the status of the simplest Jew, which seemed to him to be degrading and downgrading the rabbi, mystic, and scholar because he didn't understand it until he had that experience. They all had that experience together. But he realized, listen, he's human and... Yeah, it's to be expected from a human being. You're still a body, even if you're a tzaddik. You're still a human being and a soul and a body. And from your body, as a result of your body, you can have thoughts which are, which are inappropriate. But this was the revolution of the Baal Shem Tov, of loving every Jew. 
of learning from every Jew. It's the point of being envious and jealous of the simple faith, of the simple yid. You know, because you see the purity, the purity of the nisham. It's like the, the, there's a saying, it's easier to put your feet in hot water than it is to put your head in hot water. Because your head resists. The feet is a soldier. It's a troop. Hot water, hot water. So the simple explanation is because it's the least sensitive of the body. Soles of the feet are the least sensitive. Your head is very sensitive. But the truth is, it's because the mind interferes. The mind doesn't allow your soul. It interferes with your soul. The mind is a mind of its own. So it doesn't allow the soul, when your soul wants to go into hot water, your, your mind objects. Your mind understands all the difficulties. And it's very sensitive. The foot is a soldier. It's a loyal soldier. The foot, there's no obstruction. Your soul wants to move, you move. Your soul wants to go into hot water, you go into hot water. So the, the, the purity of the soul, in a certain sense, is reflected more in the, in the foot than it is in the mind. And the same is true with the Jewish people as a whole. We are the feet, the souls of the feet of the Jewish organism. The generation of Moshe was the mind, the brain of the Jewish people, the leaders. We are the, and the eyes, and we are the bottom of the barrel. We are the soles of the feet. But the soles of the feet are the troops, the simple Jew. In comparison to our ancestors, we're midgets. The greatest rabbi, mystic, and scholar today <laughs> is a midget of midgets in comparison to even simple people a few hundred years ago. I mean, it's, it's, it's no comparison. So... If you look at the whole, the entirety of the Jewish people, we're the souls of the feet. We're the spiritual midgets. And yet, the purity of the soul that you see today, the simple faith that enabled us to overcome Stalin and Hitler and Western assimilationism, even the streets in America were treif, were not kosher. And America was different. People thought it was impossible to be Jewish in America. And yet, you see the, the, the flourishing of Jewish life, the outburst of Jewish faith. When Moshe saw this, Hashem showed Moshe, our generation, he was totally, was totally humble. He saw the greatness, the infinite depth of the Jewish soul that you see in our generation, more so than any other generation. Which is why our generation is called Ikvis the Mashiach. We are going to lead the entire Jewish people into Mashiach. The Rabbi Akiva didn't merit, or his generation didn't merit, or the generation of the Baal Shem didn't merit. We are going to merit, as simple as we are, as spiritual midgets that we are. We carry the entire Jewish people. Moshe is going to enter into Eretz Yisrael with our generation. Because in a certain sense, this is the purest of all generations. Because it's in our generation that you see the pure faith. You see the power of the neshama in its, in its purity. It's not brilliance. It's not depth. It's not... It's just a pure faith, that innate, inherent faith that each and every Jew inherits from Avram, Yitzhak, and Yaakov, Sarver, that emerges and surfaces. Ironically and paradoxically, under these circumstances, more so than under other circumstances. The Talmud says, if they would have tortured Hananiah, Mishol, Nazariah, 
They were thrown into the fire and they kept their Yiddishkeit, refused to bow down to idols. They were thrown, it was a one-time thing, but had they been tortured, we don't know if they would have had the strength to resist. And yet, in our generation, Jews were tortured, and yet, there were thousands and thousands of Hasidim under those circumstances were relentless, did not yield, did not compromise. The Talmud says even Hanani Mishal Vazari would not be able to, to, to achieve this. But that simple faith that I am a Yid, and I'm a Jew, and I know Hashem, and I see Hashem, and I experience Hashem, and Hashem is truth, and Hashem is reality, and there's no compromising, not even one iota. This is reality. This is. Where do you see it in its purity? You see it most in our generation. Which is why the true rabbis, mystics, and scholars were jealous or envious of the simple Jew. Moshe, was the most humble person that lived. He was jealous and envious of every single Jew, the simplest Jew. He felt that every Jew was superior. Because Moshe sensed purity, simple faith, the pure faith that every Jew had, especially the simple Jew. And that purity was totally humbled. It says Hashem showed Moshe all future generations. And when he saw our generation... That's what made him totally humble. Because the purity, the simple faith that you see in our generation, generation that did not see or experience godliness, on the contrary, a generation that felt and experienced the darkness of exile. You can almost touch the darkness. Darkness is that thick. And the Jews, of course, are always the first ones to suffer. Whether it's communism or Bolshevism or Hitlerism or American assimilationism. So it was the Jew was always the first one to suffer. And yet, despite this tangible darkness that's so thick you can cut it with a knife, and yet the Jew has such pure faith that the Jew is able to survive Stalin, Yiddishkeit. The Jew was able to survive Hitler. The Jews picked themselves up, rebuild. The Jews were able to overcome Western assimilation. There's hundreds of thousands of young Jews without the benefit of a Jewish education rediscovered their Judaism with a vengeance. This is this purity of faith displayed in our generation, like no generation prior to. Moshe was totally humble. Moshe appreciated and he saw the purity of, of, of the neshama in our generation. It's so intense. It's so clear. It's so powerful. He was totally humble. So Judaism, the greatness of Judaism, the genius of the Jew, is not the rabbis, the mystics, and the scholars. The genius of the Jew and the greatness of the Jew you see in the simple yid, in the simplest Jew, who serves Hashem unadorned, unembellished, with such purity. Because of that pintle yid, because of that ability, that ability of egolessness, to see Hashem as is and to experience Hashem as is.
end. That's why. That's why Yiddishkeit is something that's near to each and every Jew. Because each and every Jew has this ability, innate ability deep down to know Hashem, to sense Hashem. And this ability is intact in each and every Jew. There's no, no human fingerprints on this ability. We can't affect it. We did not create it. And we cannot, we cannot uh, affect it in any way. It's pure. You can't destroy it? You can't destroy it. It's there. It's indestructible. Just like you can't destroy Hashem, you can't destroy... Because it's not about you. It's the total removal of the ego and Hashem Himself is shining. Hashem Himself is, is presence. You feel Hashem's presence. The soul feels, sees, experiences Hashem's reality. Hashem's infinite reality. The way Hashem sees Himself and experiences Himself. When it comes to this ability, there is no difference between great and small. Because it's not our greatness that brings us closer to Hashem. Our brilliance, our spiritual capacities, our abilities to meditate, our abilities to comprehend, our depth. It's nothing to do with depth, nothing to do with... It's our ability to humble ourselves, our ability to remove our ego, our ability to allow Hashem Himself to illuminate our soul. Our capacity our soul has to experience Hashem and to see Hashem as is. The greatest of the smallest have this ability equal, in equal measure. And that's why there's a tremendous, not only is there no condescending, there's no looking down, God forbid, on your fellow Jew. And even a Jew who doesn't appear Jewish, even a Jew who consciously has no conscious connection to anything, but he realizes that Jew is holy and has the same holy spark that you have. It's the same holy connection that you have, that same divine, innate, inherent ability. And so not only is it all looking down at your fellow Jew, but there's actually a sense of jealousy and envy when you see the purity, the simple Jew's pure connection to Hashem. You're actually jealous. You can be jealous. The rabbi, mystic, and scholar can be jealous and envious and learn from the simple Jew. In relation to the Almighty, who is beyond intelligence and knowledge, and who can in no way be comprehended by any thought, all men are like fools before him, and they can therefore grasp him only through faith. As it's written, I am foolish and ignorant, I am as a beast before you, and I am constantly with you. Meaning that because I approach you as a fool and as a beast, that is through the irrational power of faith, Precisely, therefore, and thereby, am I constantly with you. So the Medrash says that this verse refers to Moshe, Moses. That Moses is saying, regarding himself, that I am like a fool, that I am like a fool and a beast before you. Just like the beast has zero understanding of godliness, so too, the, so too Moshe, the most brilliant mind, has the same level of understanding. 
Because all the brilliance in the world cannot even begin to comprehend God. We simply don't have the tools to know Hashem. Like a blind person trying to understand what the sight is all about. Someone who's born blind. Impossible. So all the understanding in the world, all the comprehension in the world, all the brilliance in the world, and you could, you could live for a thousand years and each day grow in wisdom and grow, and yet you don't even become one iota closer to Hashem. You simply don't have the tools to understand Hashem. So the greatest mind to the simplest and the animal is all the same compared to Hashem. So when it comes to matters of faith and understanding and grasping the infinite, it's only with this approach, it's only by sensing that, yes, I am like an animal and I am like a fool when it comes to Hashem. My mind doesn't, doesn't bring me one iota closer to Hashem. My brilliance doesn't get me one iota closer to Hashem. And it's only with a sense of humility. The only way to approach Hashem is with a sense of humility. That I don't know Hashem. And therefore I worship Hashem. And that's the difference in Judaism and religion. Religion, philosophy, religion, you understand Hashem, and you, you are obedient. Hashem commands you to do something, you listen, because you understand that Hashem is the original cause, and Hashem is the supreme being, and Hashem is the omnipotent and omniscient. But not to the point that you worship Hashem. You're nothing. It's like a teacher and a student. The student doesn't worship his teacher. He admires his teacher. He loves his teacher. He obeys his teacher. But the teacher is something and the student is also something. On the contrary, if the teacher is truly something, the student really is something. Because the student is able to understand his teacher, is able to relate to his teacher, is able to connect with his teacher. He doesn't worship his teacher. What? Uh, they become the eventually, teacher. Eventually, right, eventually they become the teacher. But when it comes to Hashem, a Jew worships Hashem. He's completely nullified before Hashem. It's not like, you know, we have to be respectful to God. If Hashem commands me, I must obey. But, you know, everything within reason. You know, relax. I have my life. Of course, if it's my will versus the will of the Supreme Being and the Omnipotent One and the Omniscient One and the Creator. So who am I kidding? Of course, He's my cause. I'm His effect. He's the teacher. I'm the student. He comes first. He precedes me. I come second. So of course, I will nullify my will before His will. That's religion. But a Jew worships Hashem. There is no I. We don't feel like a student before a teacher. We're completely nullified. There is no I. All there is is Hashem. Because we don't even begin to grasp what Hashem is. And therefore we come to Hashem with humility. Chachma's humility. The creative person. And that's the true of creativity in general. The creative person must have humility. Because he's, he's the creative person doesn't know. His attitude in life, his approach to everything is, I don't know. I'm not sure, I don't know. And he's open, he's looking, he's searching, he's open He's open to that eureka, to that communication from the subconscious. He's open to something new, something different. He doesn't know. Versus the logical mind, the analytical mind, he, his position in life is, I know. He knows everything. He's smart, he's brilliant. If you have any doubt, he's the first one to tell you. And he figures it out, and that's his ability. He has ability to take complex issues and articulate it and understand it and grasp it and define it. But that egotistical approach of I know and I'm in charge and I'm in control is also very limited. 
You can't approach Hashem with that, with that attitude. You can't approach Hashem with ego. Even a religious ego, religious I. I, I am the theologian, I am the mystic, I am the knower, I am the, the deep one, I am the profound one, I am the great one. You can't approach Hashem with any of these, this approach. You have to approach Hashem with egolessness. There is no I. Like Moshe said, I'm nothing, I'm an animal in front of you. I, it's not like I'm a teacher, a teacher, a student, I'm somebody, you're a greater. Me and the animal are the same. With ego, no ego. I worship Hashem, a Jew worships Hashem. It's not about I. You can only approach Hashem with humility. If you remove your ego, remove your I, and you have that, the humbleness to admit that you don't even begin, you don't even have the ability to know Hashem. You don't even have the ability to know Hashem. Not only we don't know Hashem, we don't even have the tools to know Hashem. Even to say I don't know is also, is also something, it's also a level. You have to know something to say I don't know. We can't even say I don't know because it's, we don't even begin, to, we don't even have the tools which to know Hashem. We don't even know what we don't know, we don't even know how to know. And that's an inherent limitation. There's nothing we can do, we can't escape it. That is our condition. We are finite, we are limited. Try imagining a six cents, a seven cents, an eight cents. Impossible. You can't. It's impossible. You can't jump out of yourself. You can't think out of the box. It's impossible. So we, we don't even know how to know. And it's only with that attitude that you can approach Hashem. That's the attitude of Chachm. It's the level of Chachm. Chachm is egolessness. It's not I. Total removal of the I. There's no ego. Seeing the thing itself, seeing Hashem Himself, as is, untarnished, unembellished, unvarnished, just as is, as the infinite sees itself, as the infinite truly is, in its purity. That ability of egolessness, of total removal of I, not even the religious I, or the mystical I, or the spiritual I, the total removal of I, that humbleness, that humility. Moshe was the most humble person that ever lived. It's that humility that he approached Hashem that I and the animal are the same. That's the vessel, that's the vehicle to be able to receive the infinite. Moshe says, with this approach, that I am like a fool and a beast in comparison to you. With this approach, with this humility, with this total removal of ego, that's the vessel, that's the vehicle to be able to receive Hashem sense the infinite, to experience the infinite as is, to know the infinite, to be aware of the infinite. This is a yid, and the simplest Jew has it equally with Moshe. There's no difference. That's why you have nine Moshe's, you have no minion. You had one simple yid, you have a minion. Because what makes us Jewish is, it's this ability of egolessness, this ability to totally remove the eye, totally remove the ego, and see Hashem as is. Kabbalah and the Psychology of the Soul Taught by Rabbi Ben-Zion Krasniansky